everyone, and welcome to Retro Rewind. Today, we are talking about one of my favorite games ever made. Eternal Darkness of the Spotless Mind. With me to discuss Jim Carrey is my good friend Craig. Hello. That was that was quite a depressing film. I don't think I made it all the way through. Oh, really? I I, I it's, it's probably one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. Yeah. That that and the I one mean, with A Beautiful Mind is another one that really I don't know why, but people losing their critical faculties really gets me down. I can't stand Russell Crowe's face. I mean, Russell Crowe is a complete knob. I shouldn't say that, but you know, uh, a bam. We can say, I guess. Uh, I do not like Russell Crowe. I don't care if he is my master and commander. I do not like him. Except in that one movie that wasn't Russell Crowe, so never mind. All right, (laughs) so with me to discuss it is Craig. As we said, we're not actually going to talk about Jim Carrey. This will not be a repeat of SSX Tricky. I... We'll have Craig read the stats, and then I will gush about this game for probably a good 30 minutes. Great. Um, So, yeah, um, my pick is Eternal Darkness. Sanity's Requiem is the correct subtitle for that one. Uh, Wait, wasn't that the Jim Carrey movie? Developed by Silicon Knights, published by Nintendo. It came out in the GameCube, obviously. For the era, it was two th- our 2002 pick, but it came out in North America in June 2002, and then didn't hit Europe until November 2002. Directed by Dennis Dayak, Tatsuya Hishida, and Hiroki Yamada. Produced by Shigeru Miyamoto and Kenji Miki, and then there's a whole other heap of names. Um, the music was composed. The most sorry. The most important name there is Dennis Dayak, and we will talk about Mr. Dayak at some point. Cool. Good. I'm happy. That that's also a reminder for me. I'm sorry. I, oh, I right, needed okay. to get that out there. Or I forget it. Fair enough. Anyway, as as I say, the Wikipedia has everything else. It, um, game genre-wise, it's like third-person psychological thriller, horror, action, adventure type puzzle thing. It's good. It's good. And that's it. That's the whole game, um, or the whole the whole Wikipedia part of the episode uh, just to preempt your next question because you're going to say something like now Craig, this isn't an, an, a regular pick for you on, except you'll do it in your American accent I, I was going to say that that wasn't uh, a lot of lot of uh, European people find it easier to do a southern accent so pretend you're Kevin Spacey um, well y'all here now why did you pick nope. Eternal Darkness? Nah, I can't do it. That's a little too John Wayne-y. You're going to say um, something like, why did you pick Eternal Darkness? This totally surprised me as a game that you would have picked. Um, do you actually have any Other history? than totally? <laughs> other than the way you pronounce totally? That might have worked. Like, yeah. that almost would have worked as American, except for that totally. You don't uh, say totally. Totally. Um, totally. All right, so as punishment, the <laughs> next episode we do, you must do the entire episode as oh. Frank Fontaine. Oh, no, no. Um, okay, so, Craig. Yes. Uh, this seems like an out-of-the-ordinary pick for you <laughs> because you're not really a <laughs> horror guy. Now, let it be stated here on the record for when this appears in court, 
I did not influence this pick. Oh, you didn't at all. This screams Dave game. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. So, why don't you explain why you picked it? <laughs> Y'all. Because... Because I thought it was a different game. Okay. That's a good starting point. What game did we think it was? I can't remember now. I I saw the cover art. I was like, I've totally played that. That was a good game, so I'm going to pick Eternal Darkness. Um, picked it. And I played a completely different game. And I still can't... I've, I've been Googling, like, GameCube box art. I've been through, like games released in 2002, 2003, 2000, trying to figure out what the hell game I was thinking of. I still can't figure it out, but I, it was a different game. So I had not touched Eternal Darkness at all. Okay, so we're going to have to, we're off mic, of course, because God, so much of our episodes are unlistenable. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll try to figure out what the game was. Yeah. Do you remember anything other than the box art? Uh, no, I, I, I just, I saw it and oh. I immediately recognized it as a game I remembered the liked. Okay. So it's got to have uh, similar box art, or maybe it changes the, region to region. So maybe it's the font. Maybe I, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's just the feel of it made me feel like something else. I just can't remember, to be honest. Okay. Well, uh, so Sorry. that's Craig's history with the game. Yeah. Uh, it turns out it just reminds him of something else. Uh, myself, I remember reading about this game when it was supposed to be on the N64 in uh, Nintendo Power, and it was like, oh, that sounds incredibly cool. We've got to keep my eye on it. And then in typical Dave fashion, I forgot about it <laughs> until I started reading about it on the GameCube, and it was like, well, this reminds me of that game, and it's the same game. They just, you know, kind of like um, Dinosaur Planet turned into Star Fox Adventures kind mm -hmm. of thing. It's just, well, the new generation's coming out. Let's just move it forward. Um and then I bought it. Uh, I can't say it was on release day. I honestly don't remember. I just remember buying it and then playing it and completing it four times in a row because that's how you get the secret ending. Um, I love this game. Uh, I had my GameCube break in a move, like, like, honest to God, just get smashed in a move. And I had to replace it because there's no other play way to play Eternal Darkness. This was one of those games for a while. It's not anymore. Where it was, okay, I complete this once a year. Wow. Um, like, even my wife used to like watching me play it because of the story. It's a really cool story. Uh, I This was one of the first video game soundtracks that I bought. Mm. I have this soundtrack on CD somewhere in my room. And, um, it, uh, yeah, I, I this, this was an honest to God, like, Dave loves this game. So, if you don't mind, Craig, I know this is your episode... But uh, I would like to explain how this game works, if you yeah. don't mind. So, Eternal Darkness is a... over Not over the shoulder. It's a third-person horror action game. Uh, there are some things that this game does that uh, felt like an evolution, but in, in uh, retrospect, it just didn't evolve that way. It evolved differently. Uh, the story revolves around the Roivis family, which, in case you're one of the slow members of the human race, is Savior spelt backwards. Duh. Uh, you start as Alexandra, and your uncle dies, and they're all like, look, the body's mutilated, I don't know what's going on. So then you move into the house, and you find the Tome of Eternal Darkness, which is the coolest book ever. Uh, basically, 
if you've read any Lovecraft at all, you know what happens when you move into a relative's house and read a spooky book. Think of that. And this follows the history of the Tome of Eternal Darkness throughout time. Um, sometimes you play as a Roybus family member. Sometimes you don't. But it goes through different time periods. You start playing as Pius, and he's a Roman centurion, which has one of the coolest things about this game. Is uh, I, I imagine it's not the scene where I love when movies do this too. They start speaking in Italian, oh yeah, yeah, or Latin, and then it slowly turns into English. It's like ah, I love that touch. That's a great touch. Uh, you then move on to um, Middle Ages Persia. And then you move on to the Renaissance era when you're an architect. And then you go to the Victorian era. And you basically hit all the big uh, time periods. Uh, you also do medieval as um, Charlemagne, messenger for Charlemagne. Um, it, it, and it goes all the way up until what was then modern day where you play as the coolest fireman ever in existence. Um, that's what it does story-wise. So story-wise, it was very cool because the entire time you're playing it, you're trying to, okay, how do these threads connect? And they do connect. Like, um, uh, Craig, I don't know how far you got into it. I got to the start of Persia before. Um, okay, all right. Uh, like, very, very final thoughts. But of all the Retro Rewind games we've ever started playing, I'm going to keep on playing this one, like, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so so we got this uh maybe your gamecube guy because i mean this battalion wars was another one yep. where, like dude i i just gonna keep playing this mm -hmm. uh okay well then you know what i i won't spoil so much of the story no hmm. it, it, like spoil away don't be. don't worry about it because um i mean it's, it's a 20 year old game that's a good point. That's a good point, I guess. Okay, so uh, it, it does things where it ties in unexpected ways. Like uh, you play as a messenger for Charlemagne trying to warn Charlemagne of an assassination plot. And it turns out that you are the assassination plot because you open this scroll and you get cursed. It was supposed to be for him. And you slowly start rotting as you go throughout the level. Like you just start turning into a, a dead person. And you end up getting locked in an area. And later on, it, like 200 years later, you're in that same castle because castles never fall apart. Mm -hmm. And, oh, crap, look, you f you find the person you were playing as as a monster because they've just been there waiting for 200 years kind of thing. Cool. Um, there's some really cool um, whodunit murder stuff yeah, that, that happens in this game. As I read, I sorry, no, no, because I was doing a bit of reading about it as well, and I read that there's a lot of not different genres, but there's a mishmash of different kind of things, and that totally piqued my interest. Um, sorry to interrupt. Oh yeah, like um, in one my favorite chapter is you're playing as Paul Luther, who's a Franciscan monk during the time of the <clears throat> Spanish Inquisition. If anybody says it, I will beat them. What? I don't expect anyone to say any sort of phrase. If you'll excuse me a moment, I need to hop on a plane. <laughs> um, and you you go to just this monastery, which is prominent in the game storyline, and you're just like, okay, something's really off about these guys. They don't blink. They don't sleep. What's going on? And so you end up spending the entire chapter as Paul Luther figuring out what's going on with this weird Spanish Inquisition sect. Or then you play as the World War One photographer, uh, in a cathedral that's the same place as the one you were at with Paul Luther and you have to decide why suddenly patients are, are missing from the bed because you're in a hospital. 
Um, it's it's very cool. Yeah. In terms of story, there's a lot it does. Okay. Let's talk to Craig because I'm just foaming at the mouth. Craig. <laughs> yes. Since you didn't think this was the game you picked, uh-huh. what was your first impressions well, the first, going into this? The first thing that happens is you kind of like are born into a world of shotgunning zombies in the face. It's not. It's mm-hmm. it's not a. Um, it was eye opening at that point. So you're obviously having some sort of dream sequence where you're shooting zombies, and then you wake up and you're like, "Oh my god, that was a bit crazy." And um, by this point, I clearly realised that I'd never played it before. So my first impression was my God, this is like some sort of Resident Evil because you end up in a house. And the more I played it with the narrator and stuff, I started getting proper um, Darkest Dungeon vibes. Like the owner of the house has uncovered a deep, dark secret type stuff. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. then the game completely Assassin's Creed you. (laughs) I was like, this is just incredible. (laughs) This This is like so many things going on. So by the time I got to play the Centurion guy, um, I was totally digging the idea. I I could kind of, I don't know if this is the way it goes, but the way I felt it working in my head was the house was going to end up being a hub area. You would investigate, you would solve puzzles, you would find these pieces and that each one would pop you off to somewhere different. So when I hit Persia, I was like, I totally love this. I'm totally game for this because it feels... The the two areas, the Persia area and the other area, it's not like it's a massive hours long of a chapter. It's like we snip it into this awesome different place and I just want to see how it all ties together. So I'm like, I went through a mix of emotions of this isn't what I expected to I'm totally buying this. I think the weakest part and the bit that I am still don't like the most is the combat like running about with a sword, just whacking six zombies who are all kind of ambling towards you. So you have to juggle them and hit one and then hit the other one and hit the other one. Uh, that was the weakest um, part for well, me. Hold, can we hold for a second Sorry. and talk about yes. the combat? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, um, so, so oh. the innovation that this game did that looked like it was going to be, oh, this is great, I'm sure Resident Evil is going to take this and other survival horror games is the limb targeting system. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can um, basically. Turns out nobody really did it. I I totally I was doing it by accident. So you can target someone if they're in your line of sight. You can target someone, and then you can use the stick to change between you know like head or whatever. So you chop off a head, and the zombies still wandering about the place, but they're flailing in the corner because they can't see you. Um, I kind of liked it, but I didn't bother with it. I would just I did a whole. I looked at a row of zombie guys like a, a xylophone and I was like whack 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 uh, yeah it, like it, it on paper it sounds like a really cool idea mm-hmm. of like oh you can take out their arms so they can't attack and which yeah. is true I mean if you lop off a zombie's arms it ain't gonna do nothing to you it's just gonna stand yeah. there but in practice, it's a bit clunky. Yeah, it's clunky and it feels like whack. It's not like vats where you can clear. You can give yourself a yeah. great advantage using vats and follow. It's not like that. It's just you can just whack them in the face and or, or anywhere, and it's still going to do the same. They're still going to die. Now, uh, an interesting twist that happens is when you start as Pius Augustus, the best centurion ever. Um, you stumble across these ruins and you find three plinths. Yes, with different artifacts on them. Who did you choose? I don't. I was just mashing, so I've got no idea. 
Okay, so if you choose the blue one, that's Ulioth. Um, uh, the red one is named Chaturga, and the green one is named Zelototh. Uh, that's basically a difficulty select. All right. Um, in, in a weird way. It, it's not necessarily, a, like, easy, medium, hard. Uh, like, for example, if you choose Zelototh, she is the god of madness, and so her enemies do not have a head. So you can't go for headshots. Uh, and if you choose T- Chaturga, he's the god of strength. So he his guys are, are slower, but bulkier. There's, mm-hmm. you know, more health to them. Uh, so basically, that you're choosing what kind of experience you want. And it does play in with the story of like, okay, because whoever you pick, uh, it's kind of got that fire emblem, sword beats oh, spear, which okay. beats axe thing. Pius always chooses the opposite. Right. Um, and the way to get the true ending is to run through as all three because it's a cycle. Okay. And, you know, oh, I played through a Zelototh. Okay, that god is now dead. Let's do this. And then there's the fourth one, which is that if – did you see Mantorok yet? No. Okay, he's a giant purple thing. You'll know what I mean <laughs> when you get to him. Uh, Darkest Dungeon was actually a very good pull. I don't know why that didn't click before. But once you said that, it's like, oh, yeah, this is like – Dark's Dungeon, if it was played over centuries, yeah, not yeah. over the course of weeks. Yeah. Um, the big thing that everybody talks about and everybody loves about this, I actually think is one of the weaker ends of it now, uh, is the sanity effects. So, in the game, you have health, mana for your magic, and sanity. Sanity is the green bar. As you see things that disturb your character, whether it be uh, flashbacks, whether it be Uh, new enemies that you haven't seen, your sanity drains. As your sanity drains, weird stuff starts happening. Like, I'll give you an example of some of them, because I'd I'd like to see if you get caught off guard by any of them. Okay, yeah. Um, For example, you'll get uh, where you walk into a room and your character's head just falls off. (laughs) And then the screen flashes and it's like, oh, okay, that's weird. Uh, There are some fourth wall breaking ones where... You'll go into a room and a blue screen of death will pop up. And it'll be like GameCube has incurred a critical error. Please restart to uh, fix it or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like like the old Windows blue screen of death. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, uh, uh, uh. There's also one where uh, it will switch, but not really, the AV output. And that worked really great when you had AV outputs uh, yeah. because it would just yeah. flip to a black screen with a green neon AV up in the corner. You're like, uh, uh, uh. uh things like your controller being unplugged. Uh, the best one, and I will spoil this one for you because this one got me really good, is the you go to save and then it just starts deleting all the save files off uh. your memory card, but not really. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of really cool sanity effects. It's kind of sad that they were allowed to patent it and no other game could do it. Oh. Um, I blame that on stupid bureaucracy because mm-hmm. that's a really cool idea. That is very cool. Um, uh, little things too, like when you're in the mansion, pay attention to the paintings. The paintings will change as your sanity gets lower and lower and lower. They'll go from like, you know, a, a landscape scene to to other things or you'll notice like, hey, did that statue's head just move? Oh, wow. Like really cool little things like that that really play into that Lovecraftian. Oh, see, I like mm. that. I like that. Uh, yeah, like, like, and it's not really, I wouldn't call this a horror game. No, no. It, uh, it was at the time. 
Like, honestly, at the time, I'd never played a game like this. This was spooky. Not scary, but, mm -hmm. oh, this is spooky, man. Uh, mainly because of the music. The music is special. Yes. I guess. It, it's very weird, like, drum and bass sometimes. And people just murmuring and whispering. And it, it's a very weird soundtrack that works great. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I went off at the bleh no, again. It's, it's quite right. That's quite right. Um, so then. Oh, on you go. Nope. What? I was going to say, so then, Craig. Yes. Why don't you talk for a little bit? <laughs> um, I, like, I, I honestly, genuinely, this is, I probably should have played it for more, but I, I thought we're going to do this today and I want to talk to you about it and then go off and play it for sure. So I've said a lot of, like, I've just got my first impressions um, but hearing you talk enthusiastically about it is making me more excited, like very much more excited to play it. I really, I really dig it, and I don't unless everything's pat. Like I, looking at it, it looks like one of these games that should have been remastered or released on something. You know, it's it's such so odd to see a game from twenty years ago that I hadn't clearly heard of be as forward thinking and as good as what this unique. is like yeah like, it's very unique yeah like this this might be one of the best games we've done from that generation or even slightly earlier or later it's really it's a it's a really good game like and i've well, only, play, I mean, I've only at, played at it the for time, like 40 minutes or something <laughs> <laughs> at the time it was heralded as such it was it was um this was very much held up in the you buy a gamecube you buy Eternal Darkness, you buy Mario Sunshine, you buy, mm -hmm. you know, Wind Waker. It was it was up there with uh first party Nintendo games in terms of this is the reason to buy the system. Yeah. Um they did try to do a sequel. Um Silicon Knights crumbled. Oh. Let, that's putting it nicely. Mm -hmm. Um Dennis Nyack, the, the the leader of Silicon Knights, yes. is a a man who seems to have problems. Um, oh. I, I will let you explore those problems if you'd like. Uh, let's just say very ragey towards the internet. Very, ah, I don't, I don't want to say he seems like a nutbag. Okay. But he might be a nutbag. Like he's the guy behind Too Human. If you remember that. I'm just. Or as the box art puts it, Toot Human. I'm just, um, I'm Googling him just now. You might oh, I remember Two Human. Two Human because it's got the... Yeah. Yes. I'm on him just now ah. and there's an entire Wikipedia section on controversies. You know it's bad when there's a whole section. <laughs> yes. Um, he's also the man behind a notorious flop of a game that's barely finished and finished just putting it nicely called X-Men Destiny. Uh, turns out he was like taking licensed deals. Mm -hmm. And I may be mistaken on this, so I mean, double check my my memory. But he was taking, yeah, sure, we'll make an X-Men game. Let's funnel all that money into Eternal Darkness too, oh. And putting out really shoddy licensed work while taking a bulk of their money and putting it towards other projects. Kind of squiffery. Yeah, it turns out big corporations don't like you do that. Um, they, it was also, uh, they were also behind the remaster of uh, Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes. Mm -hmm. That was Silicon Knights, and I, I imagine Silicon Knights got that big buff from, oh, hey, we worked with Nintendo. Yeah. 
I looking back on this and seeing what else they also did Space Station Silicon Valley if you remember that I don't remember game that, no. for N64 okay um, it seems like a lot of what made Eternal Darkness great comes from Nintendo okay. and I don't have much to back that up other than the rest of their games nothing is good unless Nintendo is involved okay so it seems like Nintendo might have reined in the crazy a little bit when it comes to Silicon Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, they've tried multiple times to get a sequel to this kickstarted. Uh, it's called Shadow of the Eternals. And there's a little part of me that's every time like, man, that would be really cool. But then, you know, things like Shenmue 3 happen and you're like, oh, maybe we should have left this dead. Um, there's There's constantly talk about a remaster like there was for a long time on ah maybe the wii u it'll be remastered rumors are certain now it's uh rumors are circulating eternal darkness remaster for the switch kind of thing uh it's 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 well to be fair it's nintendo's only and i don't know i think they own it i think they own the name eternal darkness it's their only horror franchise and it's not even a franchise it's their only m-rated game they've done period yeah so, oh, ever. I knew it was the first, like, reading it is the first M-rated game. It's the only one. I can't think of another one they did that's M-rated. I'm, I'm going to have, I I'm not, I do not doubt you in the slightest. I just have to Google it. Well, yeah, now I was going to say, well, maybe I'm wrong. And we can cut this. Oh, nope. Bayonetta. Bayonetta, is, yep. or, or is that two? Is that teen? Oh, it's oh, I'm looking at less than its most mature games. It's not specifically M rated. I've got the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think this this might be the the Nintendo made not on Nintendo platforms. Um, M rated game. Yeah, uh, it, unless Bayonetta two. I mean, it's in my closet. I could look, but I I want to say that's team. Yeah, I'm in. Oh, for God's sake, um, someone really handily um any other m-rated games by nintendo other than other than eternal darkness and the answer is uh, super super mario odyssey is rated m for mario like for mario sake. <laughs> uh nope okay so uh it turns out time has made a fool of me as it has of everybody and bayonetta 2 is also bayonetta. rated m so okay. this is the that's two mm-hmm. that nintendo is involved with but yeah, uh, this is this is a flagship thing for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like, I will always have a working GameCube or a Wii, to be fair, yeah. to play Eternal Darkness whenever I feel like it. Because um, before Eternal Darkness, and I'm going to put this mildly, but that's what really made me jump into horror. Okay. Like, I mean, I knew who Lovecraft was, and the whole time yeah. I'm playing it, I'm like, oh, this is, this is, ugh. but like, this was the, oh, they're not all going to be stupid jump scare games okay. like i mean resident evil isn't a stupid jump scare game to be fair but it relies on ew that's gross or it's a monster it, it's not a psychological thing like this game is like silent hill is and i hadn't played silent hill at that point so but yeah um very much of note probably the best game we're gonna do this run through in terms of uniqueness and really needs a remaster Really, I, I was gonna, I was gonna interrupt you until you said uniqueness, because um, as far as I'm concerned, we've got one complete dud and one classic game. Wait, oh, I know what's coming up. What's the dud? 
Is it what I think the dad is? Uh, is it next? Uh-huh. Unless you don't think it is, are we going to have to debate? Well, we might have to partake in a great debate. A master um, debate? Are you going to master debate me? Well, I hope my diction doesn't fall short. <laughs> uh, I would like to thank John Cleese for that line in Jade Empire. Uh, it was the best thing about that game. Um, okay, so... Well, that's that's a kick in the teeth. I'm I'm not not a bad one. I'm like I'm surprised. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's wrap up talking about Eternal Darkness okay. because this is something I genuinely love for people to go back and try. Yeah, I'm I'm like a hundred percent. Sometimes we have duds. Sometimes we have great games that we say that's a great game. I'm never going to touch it again. I genuinely think, on reflection and looking at all the games we've done, being in our mind, where we've done like. 200 retro rewinds or something ridiculous like that we've done heaps of them this in is, recent memory let's put it that way yeah and re, in recent memory this is literally it's worthy of going acquiring and playing like now it's it's brilliant it, it does suck that it is locked to this defunct platform yeah like, like i that's I, a problem that seems to be going away but it's not yet it's it's incredible it really is it's it's no faster's quest. Now let's be honest. Right. It's no faster's quest. Thanks very much is... for listening. <laughs> uh, if if this was if I had to rank Nintendo games, which boy, that's a list you you just pour over for months on end. No, it would have four games. This on would it. still rank high. Uh, on GameCube, on GameCube, this is this is top five, hands down, very easy. All right, so. Um, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, do try out Eternal Darkness. It is, even if it's just a watching it on a Let's Play, it, it's interesting to watch. It's a very curious timepiece. Uh, if you have any thoughts about it, you can hit us up at thebiteffect.com where we have a myriad of ways to contact us that you can use for a myriad of things. Uh, up next, we have my pick, which I guess might be a problem, uh, and that is F0GX. Yay, can't wait. Also on the GameCube. Uh -huh. Also locked to the GameCube. Yep. So uh, if you have anything to say about F-Zero GX, do hit us up on the website. Other than that, thank you very much for s sitting there and listening to me gush about a game that's very old. We will see you next time. See you thank later.